Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears. Give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing obey. Amen. Yesterday, we were supposed to have a wedding. When it was planned, it was designed to be one of those grand Kirk in the Hills weddings. Hundreds were invited. Photographers were enlisted to capture the grandeur of the moment and the backdrop of this place. Dresses and suits were painstakingly chosen. They were even bringing in a, their own personal pastor, now living in Europe, to help with the service. But all of that changed last week. Guests were notified. Photographers were dismissed. And the personal pastor was held in Europe. Had we had the service, and had I offered the homily, I might have shared the same story with them that I share often at weddings. The story that goes that when Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was a young man living with his father Leopold, himself a fine musician in Vienna, he played a trick on him from time to time. Young Wolfgang would come home from spending a riotous evening with his friends, and his father would already be asleep in bed. Wolfgang would go to the piano and would play loudly a rising scale of notes getting slower and louder as they reached the resolution at the top of the scale, and then he would stop. One Note short, and then go to bed himself. Old Leopold, it is said, would toss and turn in bed as the unfinished scale came into his dreams and imagination. The frustration of having one's musical senses aroused in that way without resolution would become too hard for him to bear, and eventually he'd have to drag himself from his slumber, stagger down the stairs, and play that last note. I might have told them that story in order to say there is something dreadful about life when it is lived one note short. Love and the quest to find it will keep you up at night. It will get you out of bed at night until you find it. These days, a whole 
variety of things are keeping us up at night. A whole variety of things are having us to run downstairs. And it doesn't feel much like love. It feels like an enemy. It feels like an enemy is keeping us up. I have tried for the last week or so to determine what that enemy is. Maybe you have been trying to determine what that enemy is too. Is it a virus? Is that the enemy? Is it the fear of not being able to provide? Is that the enemy? Is that what is driving some people to panic and to hoard and to store everything up? Is that what is keeping us up? Is it the separation from other people? Is that the enemy, especially separation from the ones that we love? Is it the anxiety of, of getting sick? Is that what's keeping us up? Is it our arrogance? Our apathy, our pride, is it the rhetoric that this isn't a big deal? Is that the enemy? Whatever it is, whatever the enemy is, it keeps us up. It's keeping us up. At first glance, it doesn't seem like Jesus has much thinking to do to identify his enemy. The governor, Pilate, and his soldiers make it obvious. Matthew tells us about how it isn't just a few of them, but a few that gather the whole group of them together for the sport of ridiculing our Savior just before the darkest hour of his life. They are the ones who drag him into the governor's meeting hall. They are the ones who strip him down and put a scarlet robe on him to mock his claim to royalty. They are the ones who twist thorns into a crown and press it into his head. They are the ones that kneel down before him and spit at him. They are the enemy, aren't they? And in just a few short verses, they will be the ones to put him up on the cross. And they will be the ones to keep him up there until he dies. They put him up and they keep him up. At least that's what they think. His enemies think they keep him up. But when it all comes out, see, at the end of it, when we have a chance to look back on things, and we have the benefit 
of looking at the things he said he would do, when we have the benefit of looking back and staring into an empty tomb, of looking back and hearing his call for us to take on his shape, when we have the benefit of looking back and witnessing the cosmic shake of his resurrection, it is clear that his enemies didn't keep him up. They didn't keep him up there. His love for us did. His love for us kept him up. What about us? When we have the benefit of looking back on all of this, what will we see? Will we see how our enemies, whatever our elusive enemy is this, this day, will we see that our enemies kept us up? Or will we be amazed when we look back on this about how love kept us up? When we look back on this, will we see that the love of neighbor helping neighbor kept us up? Will we see how the healthcare professionals that kept going to work, the food deliverers who kept making their rounds, the teachers and the coaches that kept finding ways to reach the children, will we see how the music makers kept making music and the laughed makers kept making laughter and how the parents kept grinding for their kids. When we look back on all of this, will we see how love kept us up? How love had us standing tall even when we couldn't stand together. someday that couple that was supposed to be married yesterday will have their big event at Kirk in the Hills. There will be dresses and flowers. There will be photographers and kisses and hugs. And after that, they will take a trip of some kind and they will celebrate their vows. They will have a home and a family big dinners and careers. And they might even grow old and sit in a rocking chair next to one another someday, holding hands and swaying back and forth, watching their extended family enjoy one another in a backyard on a summer day. And they will look back on this. And we are right now writing the story of what they will see. The story that they will tell their grandchildren about this moment in life. I hope that the story they tell will be about a community that took on less of the arrogance of the ones at the foot of the cross 
and more of the selflessness of the one who hangs from it. I hope that they will say that though there were sleepless nights, though we worried about how things would turn out, through it all, like Jesus on the cross, love, love, love kept us up. Amen.